Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And it's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And I am honored to have one of the best known football writers in the country. He's been covering the NFL for decades now. Covered it in Miami, covering the Dolphins. He's been a national writer at Fansided, at Bleacher Report, at Yahoo, where he did some incredible work that led to an investigation that found out about what happened with Reggie Bush and actually ended up resulting in him having the Heisman Trophy taken away. Turned out he had several hundred thousand dollars of improper benefits. He's also an author of seven different books, including his latest Elway, A Relentless Life. Mr. Jason Cole. Jason, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, no problem, although you might want to keep that Dolphins thing away from those Jets fans. They, <laughs> they might not approve of me being a former uh, Dolphins beat writer, although I didn't cheer for the team. I, I didn't care. I just covered the team. Well, that's the important <laughs> part. As long as you weren't cheering for them, we're okay with it. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I'm as impartial as they get, so I just... <laughs> There was just the job. It was just the job. So there you go. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the Jets right now and where they're headed in this mm-hmm. offseason. And we'll start with the hiring of Robert Sallow. What would you think of that move? Oh, well, I thought it was well-deserved. I think he's a high-energy guy. I think he's very different from Adam Gase. I think he's more of an open and engaging guy where Gase is kind of a calculated. You know, 
what you always get is whoever the coach is at that time, that guy gets fired and you automatically go and find a guy who's the opposite personality. I mean, that's 95% of the time um, because whoever that current personality is, you know, you're tired of that. You need a fresh start. So Salah is very much the opposite of Adam. Um, and I like Adam enough. I just think that like it was a mistake for the Jets to hire him right away after he got fired by the Dolphins. You have to have some some time to kind of stew over what your mistakes are and learn from your mistakes. And he never learned from his mistakes. So you go the opposite direction here. You get Salah. I think he's, you know, the defensive chops are obviously there. The energy to try and sort of take a team that's in the dumps right now um, is is certainly there. I think he's got probably a little bit of, you know, Rex Ryan's personality, which was good for the Jets. I mean, I know that Rex didn't necessarily deliver everything that was promised, but um, but I think that um, people, a lot of Jets fans, would go back to the Rex days and say, you know, we were happy with that. We were we liked where we were going if we'd just gotten the quarterback thing right instead of taking Sanchez, or Sanchez just turned out to be a better player then maybe things would have been different given that you're in position to take another quarterback and get either, either to take one in the draft or to trade for one. Um, that's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty darn good position to be in to rebuild the team. Jason, you mentioned Adam Gase and it sounded like you were a little surprised that it went this badly. How shocked were you that he was this much of a failure in New York? I'm just, I'm so I'm overall surprised with the whole you know, like put together all those years as a head coach between the Dolphins and the Jets. And I'm surprised that it went this far out of control and careened out of control as much as it did. And that he didn't learn very quickly that, you know, going to war with your players is, is not what you want to do. I mean, yeah, getting guys to buy in and doing it your way. But I just, you know, remember when, when he was in Miami and, you know, Mike Tannenbaum had been the GM and Tannenbaum, you know, signed Indomitian Sue, you know, this big deal. And, and you know, you guys know Tannenbaum from his days with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he makes this big splashy move. And, and I just remember the first one of the first things that Gates talked about privately is just like, well, we're overpaying a defensive tackle. You know, it's like, hey, look, stop worrying about. You're a coach. Stop worrying about what guys make on the cap. Okay, that's the GM. That's the GM's responsibility. If you're in charge of the cap, if you're in charge of you know running contracts, okay, that's your purview. But try and make it work first, because Indomitian Sue is a is a really talented player. Now he may not be a perfect defensive tackle, and yeah, he might have been overpaid. But instead of you know kind of you're turning your nose up at it like you know it's a bad piece of cheese you know try to extract some value from that situation because you were in a contract that was very difficult to get out of and and i think that that was you know that was the mark of what he you know did in miami then you get into jets and the whole Le'Veon bell thing goes sideways and instead of trying to find a way to make it work with Le'Veon bell it was like he went to war with Le'Veon bell and to me that's just not like that's not good coaching. That's not good good management of your resources. And I think that he's a smarter guy than that. But obviously, I can think what I want. The results were bad. 
The one thing that a lot of people have said, though, about the Gase era is that at least Gase was the one who recruited Joe Douglas, who most Jets fans seem to be pretty high on at the moment. He's only had one true offseason because when he got here initially, that offseason had been taken care of by Mike McCagnan. He did the draft and all the free agency moves. So really, last offseason was the first time that Douglas could really start to put his imprint on this team. And now this offseason is going to be a huge one because he has so many draft picks and a lot of money to work with. What do you think of the job that Joe Douglas has done so far, and where are you on that hire at the moment? Well, look, I think Joe Douglas is a really good football guy, right? So from that base, I think it's a good hire. We're, we're one year in, right? I, I, you know, you got to get three, four years down the line before you you judge this. And, and I know everybody's like, oh, well, look what you, know, you back then. Like, the team is so much better already, and look what they – you know, in terms of personnel, I was like, I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know if any of these guys are really any good. I mean, yeah, Beckham looks nice and <laughs> they got some production out of them, but you know, the end, at the end of the day, this is not a very good football team. And you can't, when you don't have depth of talent, you don't have stars, you don't have a solution at quarterback yet. Um, or at least an appearance of a solution at quarterback, you have huge critical questions. Um, that ha- that have to be answered, and so I think Joe Douglas is going to face the ultimate decision that defines how a general manager moves forward in his job. Is he going to get a quarterback? Is that be, is that going to be a Deshaun Watson? Is it going to be taking a Zach Wilson? Is it going to be finding a solution with Sam Darnold? Um, the, all those things I would suppose are on the table, and that. That decision will define him. There's very few GMs these days who survived making a bad decision at at quarterback. I mean, now Jason Light just won just won a Super Bowl um, with Tampa, and he obviously made a, de- a bad decision in getting Jameis Winston. I mean, Jameis Winston had some moments and put up some stats, but he wasn't a winner. And you know, Jason Light was lucky enough to survive that um, and to go and. and get Tom Brady, right? And that solved, a, you know, that's a great deodorant for all your other problems. But I will say this with Jason Light. They had a lot of other good players that they brought in along the way. You know, Mike Evans and Godwin, you know, the tight Cameron Brait who they brought in along the way. They, you know, they built a pretty decent offensive line. So you could see the parts in place with what Jason Light had. He was just missing the right quarterback and missing a coach that made it all work. And he got those in back-to-back years. Let's flesh that out a little bit more, Jason, as far as the Jets go, because they do have a big decision to make at quarterback here. Are they going to stick with Mm -hmm. Sam Darnold? If they don't, are they going to be able to trade for Deshaun Watson? Are they going to draft a quarterback? Is there another option that we're not thinking of? What do you think the Jets should do here, and what do you think they will do? Well, um, I think I would give Sam Darnold coming back about a 5% chance. So I'm not betting on that one, right? So we're we're talking, you know, 19 to one odds on that one. Um, not that I'm a gambling man, but you know, I, I do do understand odds. Um, so I think it's a very small chance that that um, that Donald's back. I think it would be a hard-headed decision to go with the offensive tackle from Oregon, even though he ranks as the second best player on the board in terms of pure position. I think that that's a tough way to go. I think the safest move uh, from a GM standpoint, obviously, is to take 
the quarterback who falls to number two, most likely Zach Wilson. Maybe it's Justin Fields. Maybe it's the kid, um, you know, Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Uh, maybe by some luck, it's Trevor Lawrence that that ends up at number two. Um, I think that's the that's the safe call. Uh, and then I think the most intriguing call is: Do you give up three or four first round picks, including that number two overall pick, to Houston? And do you make the trade for Deshaun Watson and get the established guy? Um, I think that's going to take a while to to let that play out. I think that there's also, you know, other, other factors involved, such as what's going to happen with Russell Wilson in Seattle. Um, I tend to think that that's an overblown situation and that ultimately Russell Wilson is going to be back there, but you know, there's certainly the smoke is getting larger. Um, if you're the jets, do you trade for Russell Wilson and try and make that happen? Um, you know, is, is that guy on your radar? Because three first round picks, I would, I would, I would pay that price um, for Russell Wilson if uh, if I could get him. So I, I think there's, you know, there's again levels of risk. You, you can play the very safest move, which is Sam Darnold, and then you surround him with great talent. I think that's hard to do um, because there's not. You, you have to overpay for the free agency talent. I think the safer move is to get is to take a Zach Wilson, you know, and all likelihood a guy in the draft, one of those guys that we talked about. But the big risk, I mean, to really go all in is to, to trade some multiple draft multiple draft picks get, to get one of those stars. My guess is that as a personnel man, Joe Douglas is going to draft a quarterback um, because they tend to fall in love with the guys that they're looking at and they tend to fall in love with the guys that they're scouting and they tend to believe in their own ability to pick out that star instead of, you know, necessarily going for the vet, going the veteran route. Um, that's how scouts operate. Coaches operate with um, give me the best player who's on the board because I know that most rookies don't really make it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. 
No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. On the subject of drafting a quarterback, when I brought up that Joe Theismann said that he believes that Zach Wilson is the best quarterback in this draft, you said on Twitter, some people said I was crazy when I mentioned that some people like Zach Wilson better than Trevor Lawrence. I'm telling you, some people think Wilson is better. I'm not a scout. I'm just relaying opinions. So I wanted to flesh that out a little bit more. What do you know about that? Are there a significant number of teams and scouts and personnel men that really believe that Wilson's a better quarterback than Lawrence? Well, the first thing I'll say is I use the word some way too often as I hear you read that back to me. Um, (laughs) But there's not a lot of editing that goes into Twitter. So forgive me for that. Look, there, there's a handful of people. You know, there's I've talked to three. And then if you count Theismann, that would be four who are like, yeah, I really like Wilson a little bit more. But, you know, overwhelmingly it's Lawrence. You know, out of the – it's more than 25. More than 25 people I've either texted or talked to um, just to, you know, say, hey, what do you think? Um, and, you know, it's not a long, involved process discussion. I would say out of those – I don't know, 25 or 26 people that I've talked to. I think I would, three of those and then add Theismann. So that's a fourth, like Wilson better. Overwhelmingly, they, they like Lawrence. So I, and I think that's the prevailing opinion. But it does, make it, it does make it interesting, you know, which one do you like? I mean, because we go back to, you know, it's not always the first quarterback who's the best one. I mean, you go down to, back to the Tim Couch draft. And it was, you know, Donovan McNabb and both, you know, Couch and, and Achilles Smith were terrible. Um, you go back to um, you know, the Mitch Trubisky draft. You know, Trubisky's failed. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes looks like the, the best quarterback in the league going forward for the next 12 to 13 years if you're building around at one player. And then you get to Sean Watson, who we've talked about, who's, you know, Pro Bowl caliber talent and certainly looks like a, a dynamic player. So, Picking quarterbacks is the single hardest thing in the world to do. Um, so I'm not surprised that you know, a, a handful of people say, no, I like this guy a little bit better. It's interesting because the draft is so unpredictable. Who would have thought that there would have been any doubt whatsoever about Trevor Lawrence? And as you know, Jason, even though the large consensus is that Lawrence will go number one, Anything's possible because I talked about Reggie Bush earlier and I know it's not a completely analogous situation, but everybody thought there was no question he was going number one in the draft. All it took was one general manager, Charlie Casserly, who had the number one pick and he decided to go a different way, went with Mario Williams, stunned everybody. So if the Jaguars 
believe that Zach Wilson is better than Trevor Lawrence, that's all it's going to take. Now, I don't think that's the case. I fully expect the Jaguars to take Trevor Lawrence, but it could happen. There could also be teams that have Justin Fields ahead of Zach Wilson, and I would imagine that there are. What do you think here in terms of the Jets at number two? From what you understand, is Wilson more highly regarded at the moment? Do you think it's more likely they go with him? Could they go with Fields? Is there a curveball that could even be thrown here? Maybe Trey Lance? I mean, you could look. I think everything's up in the air here. The only thing is, I would say overwhelmingly that Trevor Lawrence is the guy, and it's kind of sad that Lawrence is going to end up not going to the Jets. Because when I look at Trevor Lawrence and I watch him play, I think of Joe Namath at Alabama. Like they just have this—the way that they carry themselves, the way that they run. Now, obviously, Joe was a much better athlete when he was in college. You know, before he got the knee injury. Um, than he than he became once he got to New York, you know he became really just a pocket thrower. But man, if I mean seriously, if you look at tapes of Joe Namath at Alabama, and you look at the body type, the way they carry themselves, the way they run, you would just go, God, Trevor Lawrence looks like the second coming of Joe Willie. Um, and you know I know that you know old time Jets fans hear that and they're probably like, oh my God, you know like. Um, you know, what, what are you trying to say, you know, uh, <laughs> say here, but I, I really do. I really do believe that, um, that, that he's, he's that, he's that kind of dynamic talent. So I think he comes off first. I think, look, as far as fields goes, people see the dynamic athlete. I think they have problems with the Ohio state philosophy of how you play offense, which is basically, it's either you're going to run or throw short or you're thrown over the top of the defense. And if you go all the way back to Tim Tebow in running that same offense, it's the Urban Meyer offense from Florida. You know, Tim looked good, you know, and com- had a really high completion percentage in college because of the way that offense runs. But what's missing in that offense is a lot of the intermediate throws, the 12 to 15 yarders that are thrown on time. A lot of it is read, force the defense to crash down and either you know, take off on the run or if you know they, they sell out to try and stop you, then you're chucking it over the top of the, over the, top of the defense and you've got a talented guy like you know, Hernandez or um, I'm trying to remember the little running back who was on that team who went in the first round, Percy Harvin. That's another guy. Um, or, you know, again, Riley Cooper, Aaron Hernandez, um, Percy Harvin. I mean, they had a lot of talent on that team. Uh, and that's not to mention the Pouncey brothers, you know, up on the offensive line and a bunch of other guys on offense. So that that system catered to a specific type of quarterback. And so I would be worried about making that transition, especially after we saw what happened with Dwayne Haskins struggling so much when he went to Washington. As for Lance, I, like, I worry about guys coming out of small schools, going to big cities like um, New York. You just saw what happened with Carson Wentz. When things got tough for Carson Wentz, he didn't handle that. He didn't handle being in Philadelphia, you know, and the negativity of Philadelphia and being around that, you know, that demanding media market. And so that would be my my consideration about Trey Lance. I could be completely wrong. It could, could be tough as nails. And you, you see in the interviews that he can handle any situation and he's got super confidence 
and, and can handle it, but I would be concerned making that transition because the bright lights um, are not exactly the same in North Dakota as they are in, uh, in the uh, swamps of Jersey. This is very true, although I hope that Jets fans at least wouldn't boost Santa Claus the way that Philadelphia Eagles fans did a few years ago. I, I, I'm, no, I'm noticing a little, like, is this a little Jersey, New York, Philly thing going on here? We're, we're, we're judging each other. Is that what what's going on? It's a rivalry that goes back a ways, but I will say that regardless, yes. Philly and New York are very, very tough. So your point about Trey Lance is very well founded, especially when you look at what happened with Carson Wentz. As you said, things got rough and he didn't seem equipped to handle it. And I think there are plenty of guys that are not really equipped to handle that, whether they're potential free agents or potential draft picks. So let's talk about some other guys that could be added to this roster. And we'll start with free agency. Some guys that the Jets mm-hmm. have that they may want to hold on to. Marcus May is the big name, and I'm sure you know him well from his days down there in Florida. Brian Poole, yep. another Florida guy, is another name. And then there's external free agents, plenty of guys that could be available. Curtis Samuel, who's from New York, would seem to fit what the Jets would most likely want to do on offense, some sort of offshoot of that Shanahan offense. So what do you think the Jets are going to look to do here in free agency? Well, look, I would, I would be holding on to um... – to May and Pool, um, oh, you know, you know, always you always have an eye on price, but I don't think that they're going to go out in the market and, and command huge money. Um, you know, May is a safety; he's a good player, but you just you don't pay safeties. Now he's got some coverage ability um, that makes him a little bit more interesting, but it's not superior coverage ability. I think it was just he's the be- he was the best guy available to to do some of the things that um, the Jets were doing last season. And obviously the Jets didn't do those things great all the time, um, hence their record. But I would say that, you know, those are the those are the guys, when I'm looking at the list, you know, when you're looking at guys like Perriman and McDougal and Jenkins and Hewitt, a lot, a lot of these guys are just guys, um, and which lends itself to why that team is not very good. Um, but, yeah, to me, it's May and Poole are the guys who jump uh, jump off the page a little bit more. Um, they're guys that you would want to keep. You want to keep your depth in your secondary and hopefully build your front seven a little bit more um, in the later rounds. Because I think it's pretty obvious that the first round is either is going to be an offensive player one way or the other. And that's either you're going to take the quarterback or you take the highest rated guy on the board, which is the offensive tackle. And then you have the bookend offensive tackles between the Oregon kid and Becton. What about externally? What do you expect to see them do both in free agency and in the draft? Any specific players or positions you think they'll target heavily? Look, I, I'm going to, you know, this is going to sound a little rude, but they can buy anything. Right? <laughs> is there is there one is there any position on the board where you'd say they shouldn't spend their money there? You have a fair point. <laughs> Yeah, linebacker, yeah, probably not. You know, my problem, my other problem is, like, I just don't think when you're when you're turning over a roster, unless there's some guys from, the, you know, the 49ers have a fair number of guys who will know Salah's system. So if you go to the 49ers and you look at who they have, who you would say, okay, we want to bring in this guy, um, and I'm just, you know, I'm going to call it up really quick, you know, because I don't know everything. 
But if you said, okay, we brought in Richard Sherman for a year or two on a short-term contract to kind of help in, in the in the in the transition, if you said you brought in you know Jaquiski Tart, um, if you brought in Solomon Thomas, although Solomon's not you know sadly not a great player, but but a guy who probably would buy into what Salah's doing, you know, and there's guys like that through throughout their roster, right? That you would look at and say, okay, this guy knows how to play. He knows what Salah expects. Salah can trust him, and that's going to help make the transition on defense. You know, those guys jump off the page as a classic, you know, easy buys by the Jets to go get two or three of those guys to bring them in. So just look at that group of guys who are who are available. You know, even a carry Hyder is a veteran guy, you know. Um, I'm just I'm, I'm looking through this list again, the guys who kind of jump off the page at me, you want to have a, a, an older leader like a Richard Sherman. That would make sense. You want to bring in a guy like Tart, that makes sense. He's, you know, you want to bring in a guy like Kwan Williams, that makes some sense. All those guys make make a lot of sense, depending on again on what the price looks like. But they know what to expect. They can teach the other guys what to expect. They can teach the guys, look, this is what the expectations are from the coaching staff. You know, live up to those expectations, or watch me live up to those expectations. As you said, the Jets can buy anything because they have a ton of needs. That's why they went 2-14. and 14. So now they head into free agency in the draft. And as you said, they'll look for guys that are system fits. But I would imagine that you would think they're going to go heavy on offense, right? Because their offense was so bad last year. Well, they got no playmakers. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you're going to take a quarterback, like I'm a big believer in if you're going to take a quarterback with a high draft pick or you're going to invest a lot in a quarterback, Put guys around him, okay? So, like, Patrick Mahomes is an amazing talent, okay? They already had, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jay, and Travis Kelsey, right? And they've added guys on top of that, you know, like Hilaire Edwards, you know, this year in the draft. They went out and got a Cole Hardman with a second-round draft pick. They signed Sammy Watkins as a free agent. He's been okay, but he's had some moments. Um, they're not stopping the process of hair. More weapons, more weapons, more weapons. Take advantage of it. It's like Peyton Manning comes in the league. They already had Marvin Harrison. What did they do? They went out and got, you know, a Dallas Clark. They went out and got a Reggie Wayne. They went out and got Edgerin James. That, you know, when Edgerin was done, they drafted more running backs. Um, They brought in even a guy like Anthony Gonzalez, who didn't work necessarily, but it was keep getting weapons. Make sure that we make the job as easy as we can for our star quarterback, and and, and just you know look at Tom Brady his last year, his last, really the last couple of years in New England, where you know the the weapons started to fade and his numbers started to fade. You, know, you go back to that Super Bowl against Atlanta, he didn't put up great stats because you know his his best players were. I'm sorry, the Super Bowl not against Atlanta, the Super Bowl at Atlanta against the Rams. You know, the, the talent was already starting to drain there. He didn't have a great statistical season. He comes back the next year. They're they're not very good on offense. They win a lot of games because of their defense, and they played some weaker teams earlier in the season. But by the end of the year, people were saying, oh, Tom Brady's done, his arm is shot, he can't play anymore. Well, you put him in Tampa with a bunch of weapons, and all of a sudden, he's a good quarterback again, and he's winning a Super Bowl. So, 
make the job easier for the quarterback. And so you're right. Um, are there a lot of great offensive weapons in free agency? I don't see it. And when you do see it, it's usually overpriced. Let's just put it that way. It's why the best players don't end up in free agency. And we've seen many times that the ones who do get into free agency end up getting overpaid just because it's a matter of supply and demand. And that's where ownership comes in here because we know that sometimes the owner, Woody Johnson, can be kind of impulsive. He comes back now, takes back over from his brother, Christopher Johnson. In the past, he's meddled. Brett Favre comes to mind as one example. What do you think about the return of Woody Johnson? Is this something that Jets fans should be concerned about, not care about one way or the other, be happy about? Where do you fall on this? I'd be concerned. Um, there's an old saying in this. I, I learned it from a, 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 um, an executive. His name was Brian Wiedmeyer. He's since passed away, sadly. He was a very bright guy. He worked with the Dolphins, worked with Cleveland for a long time. Um, he once said to me, he looked at me, he goes, uh, you know, Jason, um, NFL teams do not come with owner's manuals. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, there's not an explanation for how do you make this thing work. Um, how what what happens when the engine light comes on? What do you do when this happens? Like, there's no instructions, right? So, it's left to people who largely are not experts in the field necessarily to come in and try and figure it out, right? And that doesn't necessarily work out most of the time. Look, Woody, I think wants to win, but as you say, he is impetuous. Um, he's not a football expert. Um, I think he, he's the kind of person who listens mostly to the last person that he was talking to. And that's a dangerous quality, um, in an owner. Um, and, and he's not alone. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Like you look at what's going on in Houston and there's, you know, there's some troubling signs in Houston about what's going on with that team and, and how it's sort of falling apart. Right. Um, and, and a lot of it, you know, it directly um, relates to does the owner really understand football and know what he's what he's trying to accomplish in this situation. So, yeah, these are major concerns. And you pointed out the impetuous part, um, you know, with Favre. I would say the other one was, you know, the, the greatest study in Woody Johnson's sense of, you know, impetuous behavior is Darrell Revis, mm-hmm. right? And not only in cutting Darrell Revis, um, the first time because he got angry at Darrell Revis for pushing the point on his contract. And it actually wasn't cut. He traded him. He traded him to Tampa. But, you know, trading him and getting rid of him, but then even more so bringing him back because he got angry that Darrell Revis ended up in New England and won a Super Bowl, right? And, and basically Woody kind of got played in that one. And that was not that was not a good situation, right? He got real, you know, he got upset that his biggest rival in New, in New England ended up with Revis. I was like, oh, well, now we got to have him back. And that was the wrong time to sign him, okay? It was, you know, he got you know, a decent basically season and a half out of Revis, and then he was basically done because um, that he kind of cashed out at that point in time. So, you know, yeah, the bottom line is with Woody coming back, has he learned to become more patient and to have a more even-handed approach? Has he learned from, you know, look, the Giants, I know the Giants are not perfect all the time. I know the Steelers are not perfect all the time. 
these teams don't get it right all the time, but those teams, the Giants and the Steelers and the Packers to an extent and some other ones where the owner sits back and says, look, just because things go wrong today doesn't mean that they're always going to go wrong. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to get through those peaks and those valleys. We're going to trust the people we hired. Yes. We may have to fire some people once in a while, but we're not going to make snap decisions. We're going to play it out a little bit more. And over time, that means that you're going to have a more competitive team. You're not constantly going from one end of the spectrum to the other. You have a consistent philosophy of how do you build a team so that you don't just change out people all the time, right? You don't just, you know, when you fire a coach, the coach comes in and says, well, I want to have my people and I want to get, I want to have my kind of talent. I want to have guys who fit my system. Well, that means that a lot, a lot of the time, the guys that you just spent the last three or four years drafting, trying to assemble a team, you're flushing that whole group out. Now, sometimes, as we've talked about with the Jets, that's necessary to do because the talent's not very good, right? But that also becomes expensive if you do it three or four times. And I think the Jets are an example of you change coaches a few times and it becomes expensive and it becomes tough uh, to keep guys and it becomes erratic a lot of the time rather than having somebody who may not be perfect at knowing football, but understands that you have to be patient with the product. And again, I think the Maras are a great example of that. You know, and Steve, you know, with Steve Tisch, you know, helping out, you know, who basically kind of lets John Mara run the show. And likewise with the Rooney family in Philadelphia and in Pittsburgh, you know, those are, those are the perfect examples. And I think Jeff Lurie generally has tried to be patient in Philadelphia as well. Hopefully Woody Johnson in his time away has learned a little bit more than Adam Gase did after he was let go in Miami. Fingers crossed on that one. Jason Cole, one of the top football writers in the country for the last couple of decades. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insight. Really appreciate it. I know you've got a new book out. Anybody who hasn't read it yet, John Elway, obviously one of the most interesting guys that's been in the NFL in the last couple of decades, and you wrote a great book. So it's called A Relentless Life. Talk about that and how people can get a hold of it and what they can expect when they read it and what else you're up to right now. Well, I've, as you say, I've written seven books, um, some interesting ones, one with you know Plaxico Burris from his year with the Giants when they won the Super Bowl and uh, did one with Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson. Um, actually helped write the Rex Ryan uh, biography. I had a good time writing that one. And uh, one by, about Simon Keith, which was he's a – heart transplant patient who came back and um, played professional soccer um, over 30 years ago, which is a really fascinating story as well. But John Elway, like I went to college with John Elway. So this is my this is sort of, you know, he's my favorite quarterback, my favorite player to ever watch. And I've always been, um, I've always been fascinated with his career. And I became more fascinated after he was done when he decided I'm going to come back and I'm trying to try my hand at being a general manager. And obviously I had this great success early on, you know, making it to playoffs, making it to the Super Bowl, making it to a second Super Bowl, finally winning it with Peyton Manning. Um, been a little bit rougher here the last five years, but you know, that certainly the building of that Super Bowl champion was, was a remarkable feat on Elway's part. Um, and I just, what I was fascinated was by the desire to want to do that because there are not many human beings who do that and are successful. In fact, in the history, in the hundred plus years of the NFL, there's only two people who have 
won a championship as a player, made it to the Hall of Fame, and then come back as either a head coach or a head executive um, and won a Super Bowl, and that's Elway and Mike Ditka. So just, you know, I, I wanted to know more about what made him tick. So that was fabulous, and I, and I really enjoyed that project. A lot of great anecdotes and stories. You can get it on Amazon.com, usual way. You can go to BarnesandNoble.com. It's probably, you know, if you like bookstores still and you can get out to, to a bookstore, it's in most bookstores like a Books a Million or a Barnes & Noble, um, you know, some of the bigger places. I've seen it there. So it's uh, it's been very popular. And if people want to get a hold of me, you can find me at JasonCole62 on Twitter. And I actually love to sign them and send them back to people so we can arrange to have that done. There you go. Make sure that you pick up a copy of Elway, A Relentless Life, if you haven't done so already. And if you reach out to Jason on Twitter and you ask nicely, he just might sign it for you. So at Jason Cole 62 is where you can find him there. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And here's the announcement I've been holding on to since it is March 1st now, the launch of playlikeajet.com. So head over there right now. That is going to be the new hub for this podcast and a whole bunch of other great videos, written material, all kinds of fantastic stuff. We're going to have merchandise up there for you to purchase as well. So head over to playlikeajet.com. And as I always say, for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's playlikeajetdigital and playlikeajet.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.